rise for the singing of the Hallelujah. Yeah. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. The earth is soaked with blood. It flows out from the man's broken head onto the ground. He lies in a tangle of limbs, and his dead eyes stare accusingly at his killer. Abel, the shepherd son of Adam, will never again tend his flocks. Cain is out of breath and soaked with sweat. He wipes his brow, leaving a crimson stain across his forehead. He looks down at his hands, which are red with his brother's blood. He whips his head around, making sure there's no one to see. His heart pounds. His hands shake. He checks again to make sure that no one has seen what he has done. When he doesn't see anyone, he finds a big, flat rock and begins to dig a shallow grave for his brother in the blood-soaked earth. The first murder. It's a grim scene. Brother has turned against brother, and blood has spilled out on the earth. The question is, why? Why this crime? Why this murder? In order to understand, we must go back to the beginning. Adam and Eve had two sons. The first they named Cain. And Cain did his father's work. He was the firstborn son, after all. Adam was formed out of the ground so that he could work the ground and bring forth food for his family. Cain, again as the firstborn son, rightly took in, stepped in, and took over his father's work. Cain's job was to grow food for his family, to take life out of the ground to keep his family alive. The second son of Adam and Eve was named Abel. Now, Abel means breath, and in time, Adam and Eve would find this name to be prophetic. Abel was a keeper of flocks and herds. He was a shepherd. Eventually, the time came for both Cain and Abel to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Cain took a sacrifice to God merely out of his crops, but Abel offered of the firstborn and fat of the flock. As a result, God looked with favor upon Abel's sacrifice, but not upon Cain's. Cain had not brought the firstfruits to God. He had simply brought out of his surplus. And what was Cain's reaction to God's rejection? It was anger. Anger not at himself, not a repentant sort of emotion, but anger against his brother. And God sees this. He sees that Cain's face has fallen, and he warns him. God says to Cain, Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. God sees the danger in Cain's wrath. He warns him, exhorting, preaching to him to repent, to turn from his wicked ways and live. And how often do we, too, receive that same warning? Anger comes very easily to us as children of Adam. We have inherited Adam's sin. 
As we just sang in that hymn, in Adam, we have all been one. One huge, rebellious man. And our anger is a symptom of that sin. Often, like Cain, that anger is turned against those closest to us, our very family members. And anger is dangerous. Things done in anger are often regretted. Things said in anger cut deeply and hurt. Anger divides. Anger turns you against your friends, your neighbors, even your very family. When you are angry, beware. For sin crouches at your door. Rule it, for its desire is for you. Cain didn't listen to God's warning. In the very next verse, Cain walks out with his brother into the field. The two of them are alone, and Cain strikes. He beats his brother down. The sharp crack of rock against bone sounds over and over again. Cain's hands shake as his brother's blood soaks the earth. Black dirt becomes red mud. Cain stands over his brother's body, sweating and shaking, and he begins to dig a shallow grave for his brother. Now remember that Cain was a farmer, a worker of the ground. He did his father's work. What he was supposed to do was bring life from the ground to keep his family alive. But now he has brought death to his brother. Instead of planting seeds, he has sowed his fields with blood and his brother's body. He has sown death. Adam was formed from the dust, and now Abel has been returned to the dust far too soon. As his name said, Abel's life was but a breath. Cain returned him to his father's ground. Sin was crouched at Cain's door, but Cain did not rule it. He let his anger rule him. He heard God's warning, but he refused to listen. And as a result, he inflicted pain on his family, death on his brother, and guilt on himself. This should sound pretty familiar. Too often, anger overtakes us. Anger which leads to a multitude of sins. God's law is clear. You know it. You hear God's warnings, and yet still, we refuse to listen. In Adam, we have all been one, but so too have we all been one in Cain. We fled God's law, and in losing him, we lost our brother too. Each singly sought and claimed his own, each man his brother slew. Jesus tells us that to hate our brother is to murder him in our hearts, and anger and hatred are twin siblings. Anger is a powerful force. It motivates us to move, to rise up, to act, even against our own family, even against the very word of God. In Cain, we have all been one. We have all been murderers. 
We have all neglected our vocations and twisted them for petty revenge. Like Cain, we have sown death. What then shall we reap? What shall Cain reap? He has finished burying his brother. Some time has passed. He has washed his brother's blood from his hands, but his heart remains guilty. He thinks to himself, I have gotten away with this. If anyone asks me, I'll just deny it. No one saw. No one knows. But then the Lord speaks to him. Where is Abel, your brother? Cain's heart pounds. He hears the crack of rock against bone, blood on the dirt, crimson mud. I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? God has confronted Cain. And Cain, like his father Adam before him, deflects and denies. He lies to the Lord. Adam found that hiding from God was pretty useless. Now Cain, Adam's son, is about to find that lying to God is equally useless. What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. God, of course, knows of Cain's crime. The voice of shepherd Abel's blood tells God the whole story. Abel's blood demands justice. It demands repayment. Blood has been shed. Blood is required. A murderer should give what he has taken. Cain deserves death. The first murderer should also be the first man executed for his crimes. So what does God do? He says, And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. Like his father before him, Cain receives the curse of sin, but Cain's curse is worse. He has sown death into the ground, so he shall never again reap life from it. But this still isn't quite the vengeance that Abel's blood is crying for. Sin requires death. Blood requires blood. Cain's very life is in jeopardy, but God doesn't kill him. Instead, he says, You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Cain recognizes what his punishment should be. He doesn't want it, but he recognizes it. He wants to be free of the consequences of his sin, but he's not really repentant. He just says to God, this is too much. I'll get what I deserve, and I can't stand that. I'll be killed just like I killed Abel. I can't bear it. We'd expect God to say, yes, O Cain, murderer, you will get what you deserve. You have sown death, and death you shall reap. 
That would be the just answer. That would be the right thing to do. Blood requires blood. But God listens to Cain. He says, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. The first murderer is marked so that he may not die at the hands of another. Blood has been shed, but blood is not required. Cain walks free, cursed to wander the earth, but alive. Vengeance will not be taken for the blood of Abel. Why? What justice of God is this? Where is God's righteousness? Why does he let this murderer, this first of all murderers, walk free? Well, put simply, God desires that Cain would repent. God created Cain from Adam and from Eve. God formed Cain in his mother's womb. God knew Cain, and God loved him. He doesn't want to see him dragged down to hell by the weight of his sins. God desires Cain's repentance, so he marks him to give him time that he may go and live to regret his sin and come before the Lord in repentance. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us if Cain ever repented. We do get, later on, a short genealogy of Cain's children, but we're never told how old Cain was when he died, or if another man had killed him. The first son of Adam mentioned in the genealogy later in the next chapter from Adam to Noah is Seth, the third son of Adam and Eve, because Abel is dead and Cain has disinherited himself. So after Cain has received this curse from God, Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Like his father before him, Cain flees from God. He takes the mercy of God and runs with it. That is still no justice. Blood has been shed. Abel's blood still soaks the soil of the field. It still cries out for justice. Yet Cain, his murderer, still lives, marked, protected by God, even though Abel still lies dead. Blood for blood, life for life. Blood pours out onto the dirt. A son of Adam becomes a corpse. Crimson rivers flow from his head, mixing with the earth. Black dirt becomes red mud. The shepherd's dead eyes are vacant. His jaw is slack. There is no more breath in him. His blood cries out. It drips from his hands. It drips from his feet. It pours from a wound in his side. Vengeance has been taken, for the shepherd dies. His blood pours out onto the ground at the foot of the cross. 
Jesus' blood cries out from the ground that it is finished. Where Abel's blood accused Cain and demanded vengeance, justice that demanded blood, a life was taken so a life must be paid, and a life was paid. A son of Adam paid it. Not Cain, Jesus, son of Adam, son of God. Justice was done on that day, on the cross. The righteous wrath of God, God's justice, was poured out on Jesus. Cain's death was given to Christ. Your death was given to Christ. Jesus took the death that all the world deserved and was buried with it. Death was put into the ground. Jesus was planted like a seed. And three days later, he sprouted. He walked forth from the tomb alive, leaving death behind. Leaving the death of Cain behind. Leaving the death of Adam behind. Leaving your death behind in the tomb. Sin does indeed crouch at your door. And you do not rule it. You deserve death, yet God has mercy. He has mercy on you, and he puts a mark on you, like he put a mark on Cain. Cain's mark was temporary. It only protected him from the hand of another, and it only lasted for his own life. But God has given you a mark much better than the mark of Cain. God has given you a mark that will last into eternity. He has put a mark upon your forehead and upon your heart. He has marked you at the font, there in baptism, with his very name, with the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He has sealed you and marked you as his own. Cain's mark lasted for his earthly life, but your mark lasts forever. Yes, the blood of the shepherd cries out before God. It cries out that justice has been done. God's justice, God's wrath does not need to be poured out unto all mankind because Christ's blood was poured out on the ground for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. It was poured out on the cross so that it may be poured out into you. Here on this altar, we are about to eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus, the blood of the shepherd, the death that brought forth life. Cain was supposed to bring life from the ground to keep his family alive, but instead he sowed the ground with death. But Jesus, on the cross, finished Cain's work. He planted the ground with his own body and blood. And rising again, he gives to you the fruits of his salvation to eat and to drink. So come, dear Christian, take the cup of salvation which has been poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
Come and receive the body and blood of your Lord here at this altar. The blood of the shepherd poured out for your sake. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ, who gave you life through his death, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Sunday school, Bible classes, and food catechesis, that by them the little children were brought to Jesus and preserved in the faith, and for humility to receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Let us pray to the Lord. That the leaders of the nation may abhor wickedness and boastfulness, fulfill their duties with diligence and humility, and govern in accordance with God's will. Let us pray to the Lord. For those near to our near death, that God preserve them in despair and give them the confident hope in the resurrection promises of our risen Lord. And for everyone in need, including Amy, Chuck, Roxanne, Donna's family, Barb, Charlie, Pat, Caleb, Stephanie, Bill, Mark, and Cindy's family. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who come to the Holy Altar this day, that they would receive the very body and blood of Jesus in repentance and faith to their abundant blessing. Let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, we trust in ourselves for righteousness, we are lost and dead in our sin. Yet you mercifully draw us to yourself in repentance, and hear the cries of those who trust in your Son. Grant us humility that we may not exalt ourselves or treat our brothers and sisters with contempt. Rescue us from every evil, and bring us into your kingdom as your beloved children. To you alone be all glory, O Father, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Now and Give thanks to Holy Lord Almighty 
Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead and put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and waiting for you, O holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying,
Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you true faith of the life everlasting. Depart in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord upon you with faith.